Hello everybody, welcome to chapter 6. Alright, this week is the stay and wait. So, basically the stay and wait are the same thing. I know it's weird, right? Even though they're different, they're the same. What? Alright, so stay and wait are basically the same in the sense that we train them kind of the same as we did with the place and the bed. Right, so interchangeable. Um, but again, you're working on one thing at a time. Anytime you have two commands, they could be confused. You want them to be trained very thoroughly. Um, so the first thing I really want people to work on is the stay, right? Because we can work backwards into the weight from there. So the stay command again, uh, you can really start with the place or the Kularu bed or the hammock bed um, or the bed itself have the dog laying down um, once you get them into the bed you know reward them do the whole process yes pause good bed good bed good good right and this is me talking to the dog and continuing to treat each time I say good I'm pretty much giving another treat right so imagine that as I do this right so bed dog runs over the bed yes I walk over the bed pause Good, bad, reach for the treat, give the treat, good, 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 bad, and then I kind of wait, yes, good, stay, and then I drop like a treat, another treat, and another treat, and another treat, back to back to back, and then I stop, and I say, okay, and then I toss a treat away and let the dog run away, go get it, and then I try to get them to come right back to the bed, right? So when they go and get that treat, again, always watch. Make sure your dog's swallowed its treat first or before it runs and starts choking on a treat. They always do. So when you throw that treat away on the okay, let them go get it. Let them, you know, chomp, chomp, chomp. Dog swallows it. He starts. They start turning, looking towards the bed, and as soon as you say it, you yell their name, you know, whatever their name is. Johnny. Bed. And the dog comes running right in front of you. You can stare at the bed. Remember, use your eyes for the look. Uh, just indicating where you want the dog to go. Stare at it. If they don't get on it, stare a little bit closer. I will literally get a millimeter off the bed until the dog comes over and he's like, wow, something's got to be there. He's going to try to lick the bed or eat it or something like that. I will literally confuse them to the point where they do what I want them to do. Like, um, So... With that said, and I, I guess that's why I get results, right? Because <laughs> I just refuse to quit. And that, that's kind of the name of the game here. Just wait them out, right? And, uh, you know, you get the dog back to the bed. They get on it. Yes. Pause. Good bed. Good. 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 And I'll pause. I won't say anything. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll jiggle the treat pouch, reaching my hand in. And then I'll pull my hand back out for a second. You know what I mean? Like pretend like you're, you know, like I said before, you're 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 failing to get the treat out of the pouch. And then I'll pull my hand out. Nothing's there. I say yes. And then I reach right back in. And then I go down and give it to the dog. Good stay. Good good stay. Good good good. And you can repeat the stay right because they're still in the stay. But you are never to repeat the yes. Remember that. Every time you say yes, the dog has to get paid. But that's not even the point. Every time you say yes, the dog, you're painting the picture for the dog. 
And if the dog's already sitting and you're saying yes, then the dog's like, well, all right, but this is the, the timing's not right, right? And you'll literally see dogs start to not comply with the owner's commands during training when the dog knows what's up and the owner is wrong or the timing's wrong. Or say, I train the dog first, get a bunch of commands in, and then the owner who's training the dog just stares at them. <laughs> and the owner's like, well, I'm offended. And I'm like, no, it's not that. Just give him a minute. He's, he's got to make the, you know, the generalization that it means the same thing for me and you, right? So... Again, that's kind of like how you do the say. Again, the say is get the dog to the bed, get them down, get them wooed with treats, you know, three or four, five treats, have them zen, nice and zoned out, and then all of a sudden, yes, good stay, right? And then that's basically the same thing as the weight. Some dogs you can't get to stay, um... So you just run that same process while the dog bed is in a crate or while the dog bed is in an exercise pen and you take away a lot of space and that way you can just mark it when the dog is on there and say good bed, right? So you're basically going to have to train the bed and then train them from, you know, outside the crate while the dog's on the inside. So it can be a little challenging, but again, just keep thinking right don't quit there's a way around everything um dog training is very macgyvery if you guys remember that show maybe not i'm getting a little bit older now i guess <laughs> um you know if, there, if there's a way there's a will and if there's a will there's a way um you just have to think about it right and just keep keep working at that problem until you figure it out so um again if you need me to go through the weight with you guys I'll, i will go ahead and do that happily um the weight in a nutshell is again same as the stay in this scenario um and again remember the stay is where i'll tell my dog you know down then i'll say stay and then i'll walk away i'll go do something i'll go into a store in the future not right now and don't attempt it in the beginning remember i'll go in grab a coffee i'll come back out I'll go back to the same exact spot I left my dog. So if my dog's always in a heel and I put it into a down and then I tell it to stay, that means when I return, I return to my dog's right shoulder where I left, right? Because if they're healing with me, their right shoulder's on my left leg. And um, the stay is the stay. It means I'm coming back to you. The wait means you do what you're doing stay, you know, temporarily stay here, temporarily, and I'll call you to me right that's wait so and again it's not stay here it's wait here wait here wait to be called in a nutshell right otherwise stay means stay um so always try to make that distinguishment because again you'll hear a lot of people throwing a lot of commands at dogs they'll be like wait stay no no and you know they just rifle through all the commands that we have with a dog when they're not listening and that's really not beneficial to the dog and it's not beneficial to your training um because the dog is basically just hearing a bunch of noise, right? And the more that you repeat yourself, the more of white noise it becomes. So in a nutshell, the more you try to get your dog to listen, the less it listens to you. So it can be a pretty frustrating process. Um, and again, it can also be an extremely rewarding process. So I think really when we're talking about training and you start looking at how all these weeks kind of build on top of each other, you should definitely be starting to see some sort of results right and again i always tried to figure out the best way to deliver information 
Um, and so my goal would kind of hopefully be for you guys to at least do one of these um, chapters a week, right? Just maybe just one, literally, and just practice the rest for six days after, take the next chapter. And this is how we run our in-home lessons with our clients. Um, the lesson plan that we have put here uh, in this program is a little bit different um, because, again, this is more of these are the commands this is how you do commands and now i'm taking these half hour podcasts to kind of fill in a little bit more fluff it up a bit make sure you guys get a little more information than just what you're seeing visually because visually uh, i know that you guys didn't get as much as you should have and again this is not supposed to be a teaser or anything like that this is literally just what we have at this time based off of um, everything we've been able to get done in the last literal six months so we've been uh, <laughs> packing schedules and trying to meet up and trying to get everything done as much as we can um, truth of the matter is at the end of the day this all falls back on me um, being the owner um, being the head trainer uh, this kind of comes down to me so I'm cranking it out I'm doing the best I can for you guys and again uh, please do give me any questions feedback comments that you can and I will literally use that to help uh, mediate moderate this in the future um so i guess in general at this point you know there's not much more really truthfully to be said for the stay and wait so this week i think the most important thing that i'm going to really talk about on the side of this is uh i get a lot of questions about dogs and dog fights and you know basically like how do you stop a dog fight or how do i break up a dog fight and truth be told, I've heard this from 10 different trainers. There's, there is no good way to break up a dog fight, right? Like you're just kind of hoping somebody stops and somebody quits and the other person or the other dog quits too, right? Otherwise you're going in, somebody's probably going to get bit. Dogs redirect energy. It's like running into a full grown male bar fight. Um, you know, and then the worst is when you have people come in with treats and they're like, Oh, here, try it. You want some treats? And like, no, I'm not hungry while we're fighting to the death. I'm not worried about a burger right now. This guy's trying to kill me, you know? So, um, always think about that, right? Because at the end of the day, I've heard trainers say, you know, you grab them from the back legs and swing them. And I'm like, yeah. And then I dislocate my dog's hips and, you know, whatever happens to the other dog. Like, you know, I've heard people say you dump water on them. I've heard people say you choke them out. I've heard people say get a, get a leash on them and you just start choking them as much as you can. And really at the end of the day, I think the best thing you can do um, is avoid them, right? I can't really give you the best advice on how to stop a dog fight They're, because every situation is different. It's like asking me how to go into a MMA fight, you know, a mixed martial arts. Like, I, I don't know, who, who are you fighting? Like, is it... Is it conor mcgregor is it you know <laughs> like who, who is it just tell me who it is you know each each person's gonna have a little bit of a different style everything's a little bit different the further in we go um but i think the safest thing to do is if you have a dog who has a history of reactivity um you don't take them to parks dog parks you don't let them off leash if you do um you have a long line and when you see other dogs coming off leash you get your dog out of there because your dog's going to hurt the other dog and that dog is now going to have trauma and trauma turns into aggression in dogs so if if a dog gets bit consider that the beginning of the end for that dog right you lo- the dog loses trust in its owner the dog has to make decisions on its own uh, decisions we don't want it to ever have to make 
the dog then hopefully doesn't get hurt, right? If it does, then now we have a whole other issue of vet bills. We have to get into it with the owners. Um, again, that is how uh, the, this woman had her thumb, you know, removed in the dog park recently. To my understanding, there was some sort of argument, or maybe this was a different conversation another time. Um, but I did see that post, and then I did see another post actually a few months ago that said there was two owners who literally had a brawl in the dog park over their dogs and not agreeing on what's best for their dogs, etc. And I'm like, this is just out of control. Um, you know, people are just Ill, ill-informed and don't even have the right knowledge and they're fighting over things anyway, you know, so it's, it's hard to watch. Um, but again, at the end of the day, I digress. And, uh, I think most of the time when you're worried about your dog, you're really just sitting here and you're like, is this, is this even going to work for me? And the answer to if, if it works for anybody is literally um, the same thing I put on the website, which is like the HD the guarantee, which is, um, you know, you get out of this what you put into it. How much are you training? How much are you practicing? Um, and how consistent and serious are you going to be with your dog? Is it is it just going to be one or two days out of the week? And if so, please, by all means, don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. Um, just, you know, turn around and find another trainer who kind of like, in a nutshell, condones people and, uh, or, or condones excuses, I should say. Um, because again, like my job's not to be rude to you or, you know, to mess up your dog or to ruin your life with all these rules and structure. I'm literally just trying to get you guys, um, a simple plan and, you know, really everything up front is uncomfortable, right? Everything takes time. We have to grow. Um, growth is uncomfortable. You know, think about the caterpillar to the butterfly concept. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, really like it's our job to learn as much as we can as a dog owner about our dogs, about how to take care of them. Um, so right now we don't have much medical into this program right here, but in the future I am going to have medical programs, all of that, um, grooming, um, you know, nail cutting, teeth brushing, etc., cetera, um, because it, it is all really important. Um, and we will actually also, I do have a clip for anybody who's interested on, uh, we'll launch this as a separate little video clip, I think, on how to introduce your dog uh, to babies, right? So we had a client here recently who just had a baby, and uh, three days later after they came home, we finally allowed the dog to meet the baby, and everything went smashingly, right? in a good way not smashingly isn't bad right and uh you know now the dog and the baby are best friends and that's one of my favorite things to do is work with houses who are pregnant because you start training way before the baby comes you know you when the minute you find out you're pregnant i tell people I'm like look i know this is not ideal but you need to go get a baby stroller you need to go do this you need to do that we're gonna let the dog know now these toys are not your toys Remember, dog toys are not on the floor dog toys are in a bin on a shelf the dog will stare at the shelf they'll let us know when they want to play with toys, they'll let us know when they're ready to train. Um, you know, they get bored, and that's when they'll go do that. Or at least we hope, right? And eventually they will kind of, like, get on board with that. It just takes them a little bit of time to figure out how to communicate it to you, right? So you know, initially I think things are kind of simple for dogs um, when we first start training because those commands are just, like, point and touch, right? Like I throw my hand out, you see it, you come get it. Eventually we start asking them for all these mental things and to think and use the words that we've taught them to kind of 
create a language or a format for a conversation. Um, and that's where you see them really starting to get tired really quickly. Um, you know, chapter six, chapter seven, dogs are literally starting to pant, uh, 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes into the lesson uh, because their brain is literally worked out. Right. So stay ahead of them. Um, also make note that when we're training dogs, um, dogs are creatures that can understand patterns, right? Systems and processes, obviously it's how we train them kind of like us. Um, so when you are training your dog, if it keeps doing something wrong, and just to get put back into that position, make sure you're not rewarding them each time, right? So and let me give you an example. So say I say sit, and then I say yes, and I give the dog a treat. And as soon as I give the dog a treat, he hops up and walks away. Okay, well, that's not beneficial, right? So that's why I try to, and again, we always try to go sit. Yes, good, sit, treat, another treat another treat, another treat. So the more impatient your dog is to wait for treats, the more treats you give them to bribe them initially, right? And this is bribing. There's no way around that. (laughs) Um, But as time goes on, they kind of understand the concept, right? So you can bribe them into understanding um, is what I kind of try to tell people. And uh, we get away from it because at the end of the day, we don't want our dogs to start working us, right? So say we come up with a uh, system and process and we're like, all right, I want my dog to sit and then I want it to touch and then I want it to do this. So the dog comes, we say sit, the dog hops up before we even say yes and it runs over to touch the hand. So now I'm like, okay, well, what is it doing? Now it's anticipating. And that's why I don't train sequential behaviors. That's why I don't teach the sit and down back to back. Because if you teach sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, and you get the dog to do this in repetition over and over, eventually you just lose the sit because the dogs get lazy. They're like, ah, down's coming next. I'll just lay down every time. Every time I go to the front, she wants to sit down, sit down, sit down. So, um, you know, really like dogs are not stupid. Um, I've been taught at one point by trainers and I thought this was like, completely hilarious because the dog every single one of the dogs at this facility was like dragging everybody everywhere no matter the age they were just every one of the dogs was dragging like mushing dogs and uh their process was okay you you walk while the dog's dragging you and then you stop when the dog's dragging you and then when the dog stops pulling and it sits down you mark it and give it a treat and I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, that makes no sense at all, right? So that at this point, what the dogs figured out was I pull, I sit, I get treat. 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 I pull, I, sit, I get treat. And uh, yeah, I get treat, I get treat. And I get some more treats. And no matter what I do, I get treats, right? So there was no like telling these dogs no. Um, it, it was it was wild. Um, so in the meantime, you know, I tried, you know, I'm like, why don't we just make right hand turns until the dog says, no, 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 that's not, that's not our methodology. That's not what we do. I'm like, okay, so we're all miserable. I'm miserable. I'm a disabled veteran. My shoulders and my back hurt. So can I train this dog now? Or like, what are we doing here? And, um, you know, lo and behold, the dog didn't end up getting trained. None of them did. Um, and it, at the same facility, I actually saw a dog devolve, right, in training. So, again, like how I said, if you train a dog too fast, it'll unwind very fast. Well, 
this is a different scenario. This is where the dog learned everything well, and then they kept doing the same thing over and over with this dog and didn't reward him correctly or he didn't have a good time doing it with them. So he stopped performing the heel. So instead of getting him in the heel and figuring out how to do it, um, basically what they did was they started using the touch command in sequences. So the dog stopped listening to the heel, then the dog stopped listening to the touch, and then the dog stopped listening as a whole. And I watched this happen over like the course of six weeks, and it was hilarious to watch because nobody wanted to listen to anybody. It was just watching this dog just do whatever he wanted. He was a yellow lab, and he would just have like the best day ever just sprinting around the room while everybody was trying to correct him and get, get his attention, and you know they, could, they couldn't touch him. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's just kind of funny because at the end of the day, again, like, no means no. The rules are the rules. Uh, if you had clear guidelines and set things and expectations, you would know what this means. Um, and if people who said they knew how to train dogs really knew how to train dogs, these things wouldn't be happening. Those dogs wouldn't be behaving that way. Um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of fallout um, all around as far as what's good information and what's not. So again, try to literally just like stick to this material that we're giving you right here. Um, don't take this and like combine it with somebody else's program. Um, it's not going to work the same. And I try to tell people all the time, they're like, well, you know, there's, there's a hundred thousand trainers on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, there's a hundred thousand people on YouTube. And where's your start and finish point? Because with me, it was my starting point there. And my ending point over there, right? And this is in my head here and there, right? And, um, you know, you started with me and my starting point. And then you went to, to, you know, the hypothetical makeup names here. And then you went to Bill. And then you went to Jen. And then you went to Chris. And then you went to Charlie. And then you went to Arnold. And then you went to, you know, back to Billy, right? And you went back to Bill. And uh, Bill's like, well, what do you want me to do here? You know, you, you, you completely destroyed my entire, my, my training process, my plan here. And you, you smashed it all together with a bunch of other people's stuff. The dog got worse. The dog's regressed. You have a really smart dog now, and it's gotten worse, right? Because don't forget, if you don't train your smart dogs that you've trained, they will regress. And they're smart. So now they're smart, and they're bored. <laughs> right not that they're going to become savages or animals and attack you but they're bored you know so they're going to get into new things there maybe maybe you taught them how to jump onto something now all of a sudden that thing is what they're using to jump onto something else right because now all of a sudden they know they can jump on things so again you just try to always be aware of what you're training your dog to do and like always think when you're about to train something and remember with training it's think plan do think about what you're about to do plan out what you're about to do and then execute what you're doing perfectly right and when you're doing anything with your dog just think well, how does this go sideways how does this go wrong and then on the back end of everything how does this go wrong in a month or two from now like try to literally think from the future back like I remember when that was an issue in my head and guess what it became an issue out here <laughs> It happens all the time with dogs. So if you think something is going to happen, it's probably going to happen. Um, you know your dogs. Uh, if you think 
the dog is going to chase the ducks into the pond because it always does and uh you know you go unprepared and the dog chases the ducks into the pond and you're mad at the dog for going in the water again well that's, that, that's on you that's not on the dog you knew what this guy was going to do he's, he's he's been himself from day one or herself you know and uh sometimes our expectations are a little unrealistic and sometimes you learn the hard way and you have a stinky car <laughs> on your way home because the dog went swimming um but i think truthfully all in all um the stay in the weight command are your best friends because really what commands do you need in dog training you realistically only truthfully need a stay and a come right for for when your dog gets away from you and when you need your dog to wait somewhere so what what is what does a sit versus a down really matter nothing it really doesn't um i've trained dogs who were runaway and they were wild dogs for years and they didn't even know how to sit at all right and you think about it and you're like what do you mean why would a dog not know how to sit? And I'm like, well, when did this dog specifically have any time to stop in the wild, rest, take a sit, take it, watch it, take a sunset in? <laughs> Never. It was always on the run, always trying to evade capture, you know, always trying to stay alive because there's probably coyotes and other bigger animals and bigger whatever out there. Um, so teaching that dog to sit was really interesting, right? But again, it brings back the point that like, what is the point of even teaching that dog to sit? If it's uncomfortable sitting and it would rather stand or lay down, then why not just let it lay down? Do we have to teach dogs all these commands? Do they have to be perfect? Do they have to do no? Not a none dog training is completely um in <laughs> beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Dog training is in the eye of the beholder. What is dog training you? Because some people have dog dogs trained according to them and they're maybe just farm dogs. And all they do is chase animals off of their their farm from stealing their crops or stealing their eggs or killing their animals or something like that. You know, some dogs literally have a job, a purpose. Some dogs protect sheep. Uh, some dogs fight wolves. You know, every, every dog is not built the same. Um, and when it comes to doing the stay and when it comes to doing the weight, some dogs are going to have a lot harder of a time doing these tasks, doing these chores. Um, I have a personal problem, obviously with ADHD of sitting still. So when it comes time to sit still, I'm miserable. But, but when it comes time to go out and do things, I'm all about it. I'm the first person in line. You know, you can't, uh, you can't tell me how to get there fast enough, depending on where we're going. <laughs> um, so again, you know, in that scenario where I go somewhere I want to go, and think about this too for high drive dogs or dogs with really short attention spans. When I go somewhere I really want to go, once I get there, I kind of don't want to be there anymore. So once I'm there, I can't focus and I'm overwhelmed. There's too many people, there's too many sounds, there's too much energy for each person's emotions, energy. I can read their faces, I feel their pain, you know. Um, and dogs are very perceptive, right? So I'm very, very, very much sure that dogs are almost exactly identical to what I'm describing now. Um, they show up, they get uncomfortable. A lot of dogs aren't, uh, uncomfortable though. Um, you know, there's some really stable dogs out there. We have quite a few with the company who are emotionally stable. We can take them anywhere. Um, and they just love people. Um, nothing really gets through, like nothing bothers them. They're like almost unfazable. They're untouchables. They're like dog emotional mafia. <laughs> and, uh, 
you know, at the end of the day, like those dogs set perfect examples for other dogs. So whenever we go to new places, we take them because it shows the panicky dog, the scared dog that everything's okay. You know, like, look, 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 like this dog's calm right here. What's, what's, what's going on? What's wrong with you? Um, so if you have a house that has two dogs, three dogs, more dogs, if you have one really stable dog, focus on training that dog first, right? Because you can get a lot from having one dog train other dogs. So basically, if I have one trained dog who will do anything for training, and so you put a lot of time in this one dog, and then all of a sudden I start trying to train another dog and it doesn't want to train with me. I'm like, no problem. It's cool. Go take a nap. You go hang out in the crate. I put that dog back in the crate. I pop out my first dog, the dog who loves training. Start training with that dog. All of a sudden... All of a sudden, the dog who didn't want to train starts whining, crying, pulling at the crate, wants to come out. Oh, do you want to train now? Are you sure? All right, well, let me get this lesson in. <laughs> Finish your lesson with the second dog. Put that dog back and then pop out the first dog and run through that same scenario over and over and over again, right? And eventually, you're going to have a dog who caves. They're going to want to train. They're going to do what you want. Um, but again, it's just kind of like showing them, like, there is no option here we're training like this is literally to benefit your brain and to benefit your life because we don't do too much right and um you know i think really when you guys have results it's just going to come from practicing all of these little things over and over and over again each different room don't forget right you want to perfect it i want 10 out of 10 in each room before you progress into the next room or maybe two out of two or five out of five right whatever your dog's willing to offer you but with that said, I hope this was a nice little chunk of information for you guys for this week. And I'll catch you guys in chapter seven.